the rumbling engine of a diesel school bus picking up children along its route. That's a sound students and school officials are familiar with. However, the federal government is investing a lot of money to replace the sound of a diesel engine on a school bus with an electric motor. On this episode of the ISA Podcast, learn how your school district can begin to transition its bus fleet to electric and why that's important. This is the ISA Podcast. I am the host, Jason Neville, Director of Social Media and Publications at IASA. Today, we are discussing the unique opportunities school districts have to electrify their school bus fleets and the benefits of doing so. My guests are IASA Executive Director, Dr. Brent Clark, Haj Young, Associate Manager of the Future Green Energy Consortium, and Tim Farquhar, Superintendent of Williamsfield CUSD Number 210. Dr. Clark, I'll begin with you. Let's kind of do a global picture here. Can you kind of set the table of why this is such a unique opportunity for school districts? Well, thanks, Jason, and uh, thanks to Tim and Hodge for joining us today. We, we are at kind of a, a, an interesting point, if you will, um, as we talk about uh, the electrification potential for school buses across the United States. First, this is a really big fleet of transportation if you think about how many school buses there actually are across the United States. Second, uh, we use a lot of fuel. Uh, typically, uh, school buses run on diesel fuel. And right now, we're experiencing a, a very volatile global supply of energy. We're having a global discussion around energy supply, about around procurement, around refinement. And of course, the cost of fuel is, is accelerating seemingly by the week. And so, we, we come at a point here when the potential to electri electrify uh, your school bus fleet through renewable energy is really timely. And we have uh, $5 billion, that's with a B, $5 billion that are, that's coming available over the next five years uh, through Title 11, clean buses, clean school buses and ferries. And this is going to be available for school districts to tap into uh, at, a, at a national level, at a federal level, and be able to uh, switch, start switching their fleet over to something that's more uh, renewable energy, it's, and the, the prices are fixed. You can figure out what your cost is going to be and not have to worry about a volatile energy market. So the timing is very unique. Hi, just questions for you. Uh, how can Future Green, uh, we think Future Green and some of the stuff we're ordering with, with solar energy and renewable energy sources, but uh, school buses are a part of it. How can Future Green help school districts obtain electric school buses? Uh, sure, Jason. Um, the main thing I want superintendents across the state to realize is that Future Green was created uh, to help them reduce their overall energy costs and to transition to renewable energy solutions. And uh, electric school buses certainly fits into that picture. And so Future Green is here uh, to do anything the school district needs to help their district transition over to an electric fleet. That includes uh, speaking with and educating uh, the superintendent, uh, the facilities directors, uh, and even presenting to the board. Um, Future Green is uniquely positioned to help them with uh, grant writing uh, to secure funds for their uh, electric uh, fleet. In addition to, and this is really important, providing the required match 
for the school district. Many of the grants require a 50 to 80% match. Future Green is willing to put the money up for the school district. And as the school district sells energy back into the grid, they can then pay Future Green back for their investment. You know, there's an interesting backstory. I think about a year ago, I was in uh, Pekin uh, for a press conference. And uh, Tim, that's sort of when I, I first met you about the uh, vehicle, green, vehicle to Green initiative. So can you kind of share that backstory of uh, how kind of Future Green and this idea of getting involved in electric, electric school buses came to be? Yeah, just once we become fully aware of one another and what we're trying to provide for school districts and communities, the, the marriage was just natural. Um, as as Hodge stated, uh, the role of Future Green and, and Dr. Clark as well is to really help school districts stabilize their their energy costs. Um, you know, in a way that is beneficial to their community and the health of their kids. And those that's the same foundation that the Bus to Grid initiative was started on. Um, it, it was we have mutual goals. Um, you know, our, our overall objective is to help school districts. Uh, the electric bus portion of it is just specific to trying to turn the, the old yellow diesel bus into a big green energy asset, which, which fits real nicely into the future green portfolio. There's, there's school buses uh, that can supply energy back to the grid, and maybe there's also just electric school buses out there. Does the school district, does it have to purchase a bus that supplies energy back to the grid, or... Is there another kind of option that they can can utilize into this funding? Well, fortunately, um, all major manufacturers and even the repower options offer bi-directional energy flow uh, on the electric bus itself. Um, so as far as the equipment of the electric school bus, to make it just run routes for you um, and allow it to send energy back to the grid, that's, a, that's just a, a standard um, it, it's, a, it's a standard component of, of all these new electric school buses and the repowers. Now, the portion that folks have to pay special attention to is the charger and the charging infrastructure. Um, one of the biggest benefits of, uh, of deploying a, a DC fast charger, which is a larger charger, a little bit more expensive, um, but it cuts down on, on charge times. Uh, and a vast majority of DC fast chargers come with vehicle to grid technology uh, embedded within the, the, the components of the, of the charger and the software that controls it. So folks want to go just electric and, and not focus on supplying back to their building or to the grid right now. Uh, they can with just a simple level two uh, charger. Uh, we're trying to encourage everyone to future proof their fleet. Uh, and as funds allow, which Future Green's here to help with, uh, in, install that DC fast charger that's going to allow them to provide energy back to their building where it makes sense and, and when it's cheaper, and energy back to the grid uh, when uh, some of these vehicle-to-grid markets begin to mature. I just want to get a sense of uh, what like bus companies offer these electric op options. I know you know some school districts, maybe with first student, there's a bunch of other companies out there. Uh, can you give me, give a sense of uh, what, what kind of companies are offering electric, electric buses? Cause maybe some school districts are with somebody that, do, that doesn't have it. They're not, <laughs> that's the easy answer. Everyone's offering electric options. Now the, the trick is, and this is true of any model of a bus. The trick is uh, return time, you know, from, from purchase to, to wheels on the ground. 
I'll give concrete examples. Uh, you know, probably the best example for school bus electrification in Illinois is Lion Electric. Um, they're in the process of opening a, a really significant manufacturing facility in Joliet, Illinois. Um, so students in the Joliet area or across Illinois could be uh, driving or riding on electric school buses that their, their parents or family members built right here in Illinois. Uh, Bluebird uh, also offers, they're probably the, the leader as far as numbers, them and Lion are the leader as far as numbers of electric buses that are running on the roads across the, the United States right now. Um, but IC Bus has an electric bus option and Thomas Bus has a Proterra powered electric bus option. In addition, uh, Midwest Transit, which is, uh, which deals mainly with IC uh, buses, They've signed a deal with a, a, uh, a company called Sea Electric to repower existing diesels. So they're taking, um, the, the deal is for 10,000 units to take uh, vehicles that are coming off a lease, take the diesel engine out, put in batteries in an electric motor, you know, and those Sea um, Electric and in, in, um, in the repower industry is dedicated to bi-directional energy flow that would allow those buses to benefit from vehicle to grid um, instances as well. So everybody, everybody has a, has an electric bus option that everybody's dealing with. Let's get into some of the tangible uh, benefits of, uh, of having electric school bus, things like cost or, uh, the, or and just um, less, uh, less emissions. Yeah, I can start with like from a superintendent standpoint, student health is like our number one concern, right? Students, students and staff both. So if we can, if we can purchase a, a piece of equipment that is better for our students and staff, as long as we can afford to do so, absolutely, that's what we want to do. Um, there are environmental benefits from decreasing these emissions as well. Some of us, um, I, I'd say a vast majority of us are in communities where we've been affected by um, extreme weather patterns, you know, whether it be flooding or, or wind storms. You know, I know those of us in that sit in rural areas, uh, we're at the very end of a of an Ameren, Illinois run. So when a strong windstorm comes through and power goes out, our community is one of the last to go back online. And that, that's not, not Ameren's fault. Um, they have to take care of their customers, but being able to have, um, these type of options to be able to use an electric school bus as an asset, a mini microgrid, so to speak, um, that can help keep your school online and reduce those emissions that lead to those events can be extremely beneficial. How does the maintenance compare an electric school bus versus a traditional school bus? An electric school bus comes with this, uh, similar warranties um, as, a, as your standard school bus. Uh, we estimate based upon uh, industry data of earlier models even, we estimate here that uh, we, we run a diesel school bus about 10 years historically. Um, and that costs us on average about $40,000 in maintenance during that 10 year span. We estimate conservatively that um, the same electric school bus over 10 years would cost us about $20,000. We anticipate that being less because that data was collected with um, buses that are that used older technology than the ones being manufactured today. What's the process and timeline going to look like if a school district wants to move forward with leveraging 
you know, this big pool of federal uh, EPA dollars to obtain a, an electric school bus? Tim, I, I'll start. I think that the, the federal EPA dollars are, are set, uh, the application open, I believe, this month. So April 2022 uh, is when they uh, open the applications and about a billion dollars is going to come down via lottery format. Um, and so I think applications are open now. Is that right, Tim? They're close. They're close. They were scheduled to be open, but they've been delayed a little bit, which which sometimes happens. But they just talking with EPA, EPA folks last week, they anticipate the application period to open by the end of April and it will be open for three months that they have committed to. So they still anticipate fund um, award notices to go out in the October timeframe because everyone's full goal is to have these all of this money uh, spent in these electric buses with wheels on the ground in August 2024 or 2023 apologies and it's it's a lot it's a bucket of money that's coming and this is the incentives will never be this high and the process will never be this easy um, so I encourage all districts to 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 get ready to apply and how should what uh, could people uh, contact Future Green? What would be the way they do that if they want to uh, utilize Future Green for electric school buses? How would they go about doing that? Superintendents can contact Future Green by going to our website, future-green.org, and tapping on the Contact Us button. And we'd be happy to reach out to them and help them. It's important that superintendents contact Future Green early to uh, help with their infrastructure planning. And so that includes everything from if they're going to install their solar array, uh, helping us, us helping them to design their solar array um, and their charging infrastructure, in addition to uh, the, uh, the bus itself. So how many kind of school buses could a school district realistically like kind of get through this process? Like it's I'm, they're not going to be able to replace their whole fleet, I imagine, right away, but it can be it, we can start to turn it over yeah absolutely there are options that people have um, i encourage folks to go to that epa clean school bus website and they have a fleet uh, management spreadsheet which i know a lot of districts already already run and manage and that can that can help folks who haven't already done so plan for fleet fleet replacement um, as much you, you can do as, as part of your normal cycle uh, you can do it as our plan here at Williamsfield Schools is to do it as funds allow. Uh, we're planning on putting in for clean school bus money. Um, we're going to work to with our partners at Future Green to help us cover those um, local cost share dollars that are inevitably going to be there. Um, so, and I, I have to make sure that I overemphasize Dr. Clark's point. All of that will um, stabilize our energy costs. You know, when when we work, the more we work to electrify our fleet, the less dependent we are on the diesel fuel market. Yeah, I think I think you're right, Tim. If you want to get off the energy roller coaster of pricing fluctuations, uh, this is the way to do it is to move toward renewable energy, whether it be in your buildings or particularly on your buses. You're exactly right. Yeah. And we, and, and we kind of hit on this. Do we kind of do we think this is sort of like a one time sort of opportunity that these dollars are going to be available? Or do you think if you don't, will something like this, uh, an opportunity like this pop up again down the road? You know, you know, Jason, that's a, <clears throat> that's a really good question. 
And I think the only thing we can do is kind of look at past practice for federal program incentives. And typically, federal program incentives last multiple iterations, but they decrease in their uh, economic incentive value in the out years. So right now, I believe there's $5 billion over five years. You know, we could see another round of that or we could see uh, less money uh, over uh, the same period of time in, in, in a second round. But the, the federal government is clearly pushing and trying to incentivize school districts to take this on because they see it as a way to stabilize what you're spending on on your fleets, uh, clean up your air, you know, one bus at a time and, and get off the roller coaster of energy variation. Does the state of Illinois offer any kind of additional incentives? Are there any other kind of, or maybe there's some other rebate or grant programs out there available to school school districts? You guys know know of anything? I'll start by just saying all of the, you know, we've worked with the folks at, at ISBE over the course of the last several months and uh, the normal avenue of, of uh, putting school buses on your depreciation schedule and qualifying for funding via your transportation claim still exists. Um, the the percentages are the same. Um, that's if there's if there's a reason other than the size of these federal incentives that are coming out to do it now. Um, there's another reason to electrify now because uh, we all know from a transportation claim standpoint we're pulling we're all pulling out of one pool of money. Um, and and for those of us that electrify first, we're going to get a higher prorated return on that investment. Uh, any sort of just kind of final thoughts uh, that we just want to leave uh, our audience with just about, about this, uh, this topic? Um, I would encourage people to really the big hurdle for me to get over was when I, when I realized that, that the yellow school bus can be more than just used for just transportation. Cause it is, it's our second largest capital expense. And mathematically, our school bus fleet sits still 93% of the calendar year. Um, and we can do better. We can do more. And this, these financial incentives that are available right now are our opportunity to do so. All right. That's it for the ISA podcast. Thank you, Dr. Clark. Thank you, Hodge. Thank you, uh, Tim, for uh, joining us. Uh, and as Hodge said earlier, if you want more information about how your district can begin to electrify its school bus fleet, visit future-green.org and uh, get started today. Uh, we'll be back with uh, more episodes on the ISA podcast.